Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Coming up on today's show, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been revealed. We got a first look at Sonic Frontier's gameplay and new details on Summer Game Fest. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by the uh. one and only Burping Brombacher. <laughs> Burp me, that's me. I was just drinking this whiskey, this new McFarland's Reserve, and it's very, I don't know, it, it gives, it, I've told you before, Jason told me, I never... That's what she said coming. He said, I don't know how to swallow properly. Mm. And so whenever I swallow, I swallow air. Well, this whiskey, for some reason, makes me want to burp. Now, granted, I burp a lot every week. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's irrelevant. But for some reason, this McFarlane is like turbo burp juice for me. Turbo burp juice. Well, maybe it has something to do with the mash that's in it. Or there's like an ingredient that is triggering your burp reflex. Who knows? Making you extra gaseous. I don't know. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. Whether it's your first episode or your 278th episode, we are glad that you are here. Like the people that support us on patreon.com slash what's good games, helping make this show possible. This month's Patreon producers are Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshti, Matthew Gadare, and Punctified. And we welcome you to join us at patreon.com slash what's good games if you would like to help support our show and support our voices in the video game community. If you don't have the opportunity to support us financially, we totally understand. Shit's hard right now, but maybe you could throw us a couple minutes of your time by leaving us a lovely five-star podcast review like this lovely person. Who do we got this week, Britt? You got Kitty Cat 455. Oh, I love this name. Cat. I know. I read your review off the off air <laughs> uh, before we started recording, and it made me feel really happy. And it made Andrea feel really happy. We're having a good day. It's just a really busy day, you know. And so, again, like reading the review really did make me feel all endorphiny and positive and all of the good things. So, thank you, Kitty Cat, for your lovely review. Yeah, thank you, everybody who takes the time to leave us a review it does really help us out and makes our day so we appreciate it um i'm holding a tiny bottle of maker's mark that Brittany gifted to me last week on the show i had some jalapeno vodka that was <laughs> not pleasant i think is the nicest way for me to say it um and i forgot that i left these out here and i was like you know what in the spirit of drinking with my good friend Britt, i'll open a baby maker's mark and take really painful bottle pulls. <laughs> you got to get seasoned, girl. You know, I'm going to be flying to L.A. now, soonish. And so you got to get used to doing that. Don't tease me now. I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, I know, literally. 
But the reason why Brittany is hopefully all, if all systems are go, coming to Los Angeles is to do a potential stream along for the Xbox Mm -hmm. and Bethesda Showcase, which is coming up on June 12th as part of the Summer Game Fest and... We are really looking forward to hopefully bringing you guys some coverage and doing some more stuff this summer, like our awesome Summer of Games predictions by an Magic 8-Ball episode, which is happening next week. So we recorded that this week, and we know that there's a couple big announcements and stuff happening (laughs) ahead of when it comes out. So give us a little bit of grace if there are announcements between now and when that episode airs it happens to us every year though is that we record that episode and then before it gets the chance to publish somebody is like i've got my big e3 announcement and here it is and then we're like well that prediction seems a little sheepish now but it is what it is uh either that or nintendo has their direct that's something we should mention yeah so nintendo's having a pokemon direct because of course they are and of course this is the one week where we are recording a day early so unfortunately we will not be able to get the scarlet and violet coverage in this episode also playstation is having their big old state of play thursday um, which means we also can't get that in this week's episode. No. What happens? You know what? We can't get them. We can't catch them all, Andrea. We can't. We can't. My husband is having surgery. Don't worry, everybody. It's just something minor, but it does mean that I'm going to be on baby duty. And then Brittany is going out of town. And so our recording and production days are a little off. But we wanted to make sure that you guys got an episode of the yep. show, so here we are. Uh, but we do have some news to talk about. But before we do that, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Zavi, MeUndies, and the Geeked Podcast. But we'll talk more about them in just a little bit. Let's go ahead and jump into the news. So Star Wars Celebration happened last weekend. And we got to see a bunch of stuff out of that show. The biggest video game announcement that we got, of course, was the reveal of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So we knew that a sequel to Fallen Order was in the works from EA and Respawn, but we hadn't gotten a chance to really get any details about it. It was just like a confirmation. And now we've got this lovely little trailer that they debuted. And it's basically just a teaser. But essentially, the sequel called Star Wars Jedi Survivor, writes Polygon, will be released on PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox Series X in 2023. And of course, EA is the publisher. Uh, The first teaser trailer shows the return of Cal Kestis, a Padawan survivor of Order 66 from Fallen Order, as well as the Grand Inquisitor and what appears to be a mysterious potential ally in a Bacta tank. So that is the tank that you guys saw in the season of uh, The Book of Boba Fett, which is on Disney+, Plus. if you guys have watched that. Um, Kessis's next journey in the Star Wars galaxy set five years after the events of Fallen Order. And with Cal and his wee droid buddy, BD-1, mm. still being pursued by the Empire as the last remaining Jedi. Jedi Survivor will expand on the series' dynamic combat in new and innovative ways, EA said in a news release. And Cal will learn new skills and grow his connection with the Force. So uh, reading on from the press release here, 
even before completing Jedi Fallen Order, our team had a vision of how to carry out an adventure for Cal, BD, and the crew into the sequel, said Stig Asmussen, returning game director from Respawn. For Jedi Survivor, we are working in lockstep with Lucasfilm Games to build on the legacy of Jedi Fallen Order. We're leveraging advanced technology to create a more dynamic Jedi combat and cinematic storytelling to expand on Cal's story as he matures and survives during the dark times. We can't wait to share more about the game world. Okay, we can't wait to share more about the game with the world later ah. this year. So, did this uh, blow your skirt up, Brittany? No. I mean, here's the thing. Is <laughs> of course. <laughs> the, trailer, the trailer was, like, fine. Yeah. It was, you know, the most exciting thing. Was there was a whole bunch of... Yeah. Right, right, right. But I'm very excited about a sequel. I think that's great. And, you know, I've never been the biggest Star Wars nerd. And I was reading this write-up from Jonathan Dornbush on IGN called How Star Wars Jedi Survivor Picks Up from Fallen Order. And it's this big old article, so I'd recommend anyone who wants, who's interested in this sort of thing to read it. And he really breaks down the the trailer and talks about what does it mean that you don't see all of, um, oh God, what's his name? Cal's little party members. I don't remember all their names right now, but he's essentially alone. Like, what does it mean that his lightsaber is missing? And I thought it was a really interesting read. A lot of it went right over my head, but I was like, oh, okay. I, I learned from this article that I don't know shit about this, but yeah. I did have a lot of fun with Fallen Order, and I thought Silent Ninja here had a pretty interesting question for us, and that's patreon.com slash Games. The question is, Star Wars Jedi Jedi Survivor. Hey, WGG. Do you think we'll be able to start with base powers like we did in Spider-Man Miles Morales instead of no powers? Thanks. I personally hope so. I I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Like, you know, you spent the first game, whatever, whatever. But I, I like it when there's when that happens, when you're like, okay, I'm not just a total weakling. Because I know a lot of games love the whole, like, start from nothing and end up like the hero of the world. But when you're a fucking Jedi... You know, again, like, I don't know all my shit, but I feel like, you know, you want to feel powerful, right? You're, you're yeah. a Jedi. Um, but I could see how, you know, you did read that they will be giving Cal some new powers. And I could see how they could be messing with that a little bit, especially if his saber's gone. Do the cool kids call it a saber or did I just, is it lightsaber, always lightsaber? It's or do you call it a saber? pretty much always lightsaber because a saber is a blade. I, yeah, well, you know. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, but I... I'm not one of the cool kids when it comes to Star Wars, admittedly. I just can speak to my experience listening to my Star Wars loving friends. I've never heard any of them just call it a saber. Now, there is the dark saber, but the dark saber is different because we have lightsabers. So you have the light and the dark, but there's still, it's still a two word thing. All right. His little light wand. Okay. He loses his light wand. Oh, wow. So you're just demeaning it to a wand now. Now that's Listen here, Mrs. Disney. Now you're taking a paid. different tone, madam. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, his lightsaber is missing. So I imagine, you know, they're going to incorporate some new skills with that. And the fact that he's all alone, like, who knows? They might be like, oh, no, memory loss. I hope they don't go that route either. But anyway, as Mrs. Disney over here, who clearly is getting paid to talk about Disney, all things Disney, because her husband, John Drake, works at Disney. Yes. What, what do you think about Silent Ninja's question here? <laughs> I appreciate you once again reminded everybody that my husband works at Disney. Um, and to be clear, I'm definitely not paid to talk about Disney. But Disney, if you would like to discuss a sponsorship with What's Good Games, I would be happy to discuss that with you. But until that moment, uh, I will just disclose that, yes, my husband does work with um, 
with Disney games, including Lucasfilm in this game. Um, so I'm excited about this. I really enjoyed the first one. Was it a perfect game? No. Could it have been improved in a couple of ways? Sure. But was it still excellent? Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Respawn is going to improve upon when it comes to gameplay um, and exploration. I think that there was a couple like sticking points for me with how they laid out the map and the way that they did some of the fast travel. I thought that they really kind of made you run around the game worlds a tad too much uh, for my own personal taste, but I know that that's part of the kind of Metroidvania vibe they were going with with some of the level design in this game. Um, when it comes to like the lore part of what they're going into, I think it's an interesting era that they're really tapping into because a lot of the other Star Wars content that we talked about with Alexa Ray Korea is going more towards uh, not just Alexa Ray, but also with Maud Garrett, who was on the show recently about how a lot of the other Star Wars properties are going, leaning more towards like where the High Republic era is in Star Wars. So it's interesting because we don't really get a lot of details about this time period. So not only is the game talking about this, but obviously the new series on Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi talks about this time period um, as well. So it's going to be cool to see if there's maybe any kind of crossover at all. I don't anticipate there being, but it would be It'd be dope. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing more whenever it comes out. I will I will play this game. I will too. I like I just respawn. Want an improved map. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Just like yeah. I said earlier though, just give me a new map. Yes. The map system, too complicated. It made me think too much. It was everyone needs Yeah, it was hard to read. Everyone needs to adopt the Resident Evil maps. I'm telling you. They're the best. Simple, lets you know what rooms are completed, where the little lock doors are. Thank but you. they did have that nice feature where they would show you like a door or a gate in red that indicated like you can't open this yet. Yeah, Resident Evil's done that for a long time, so I'm gonna say. Okay. You know what I mean, Andrea Renee? Always room for improvement, Brittany. Always room for improvement. <laughs> All right, let's keep going with our next story about Summer Game Fest. So we got a reveal this week about the developers and the publishers that are going to be taking part in the showcase happening just next week, which is a little oh. head spinning to think about that the time is just flying so quickly. So we do talk a little bit about this, of course, in our prediction episode. So hopefully you guys will check that out next week. But Jeff Keighley, the executive producer of the Summer Game Fest and the host of the live stream happening next Thursday, June 9th, um, gave some more details this week and Eurogamer wrote them up. Um, I should, I thought it was June 9th. Is it June 10th? Did I get that wrong? I thought it was the 9th. It could be the 10th for Europe. Let's see. Just a quick, uh, yeah, it is June 9th. Ah, you're yeah. a gamer. You've made a mistake. Do you think, though, in their time zone, it is the 10th? Well, it's 3 p.m. Pacific time. So I mm. guess technically it's like midnight June 10th. That's, wow. No, that's the state of play. That's not the right thing. Summer Game Fest. Nah. Oh, no, it says well. June 9th here. Wait a minute. This is Trixie. Okay, Andrea's fig figuring shit out right now, ladies. She's doing math. She's doing science. Everyone needs to just stand see all ahead. the numbers moving. Yes. So it says it says two p.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific, June 9th, right here on the website. There you go. Thank you, sir. Mm. My husband just brought me a white claw because he loves me. Did you finish your makers like a good girl? 
Not yet. Working on it. Okay. <laughs> I um, expect to see that bottle empty. So June 10th is Geeked Week. Netflix okay. Geeked Week gaming. Netflix shows and game announcements. So that's happening June 10th. Okay, Eurogamer. Expected better from you. We still love you. Still love you. It's definitely still June 9th, you. everybody. Yeah. Back to the news. So Summer Game Fest is having a live stream. And oh. organizers are calling it a, quote, spectacular live two-hour world premiere showcase that's promising yeah. premieres, gameplay demos, and news on some of the most highly anticipated games from more than 30 developers and publishers. Ooh, girl, that voice you're using. Oh, does something to me. Shoot off the finger guns and the confetti cannons. Um, so with the event rapidly approaching, it's now confirmed that we can expect appearances in some capacity from... 2K, Activision, oh. Atlas, Bandai Namco, Bloober Team, Capcom, Coffee Stain, Deep Silver, Devolver Digital, Digital Extremes, Dot Emu, Electronic Arts, Epic Games, Focus Entertainment, Frostrand Studios, Humble Games, Level Infinite, Mediatonic, Miho, Netflix, PlayStation, Raw Fury, Samsung Gaming Hub, Sega, Skybound, Square Enix, Steam, Studio, MDHR, Tribeca Film Festival, Warner Brothers Games, and Xbox. That's a fucking list, and congratulations, you nailed that. Um, Thanks. Wow. No, this Thank is you. really incredibly exciting i'm kind of shitting bricks and it's very painful right now andrea i don't know if you've ever shit out a brick before um i have um, not uh hope to never have that happen for me <laughs> uh <laughs> anyway yeah um i am going to be boarding an airplane when this happens and i have oh girl i have a sneaking suspicion i'm gonna be getting some resident evil news I have it in my loins. I'm feeling it. I'm tingly, hot and bothered. And I'm going to have to find a way, I guess, to go where you get all the 100% authentic news of the world, which is Twitter. So I'm going to have to rely yes. on Twitter, the Twitter tweets to tell me what's happening here. But this is a hell of a lineup. It this is. exciting. And you know what? I really – don't get me wrong. Like I, I – miss and I enjoyed the days where you'd have like, you know, press conferences spread out over four days because you do one industry event a day and maybe go play some games after. But then you'd have the, you know, the whole day to like hang out with friends or like meet up with colleagues. But it's kind of cool that you have everybody kind of all in one here, you know? Absolutely. This is an incredible list. The only two names that are big standouts that are missing here is Nintendo but they're doing their own direct, right? So Nintendo's missing from this lineup. So that's not like too shocking. And then the other one that's missing here is Ubisoft. And I think that that's a little bit odd because normally by now they would have announced a Ubisoft forward event for the summer. And mm. pretty sure we don't have an announcement from them on when they're doing a Ubisoft forward for the summer of gaming yet. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. I don't remember. And I'm just doing a quick Google search because, again, Google has all of the news of the world. Of course it and does. Um, so I think that this is really exciting that we are getting such a huge cross-section of publishers and developers who are going to be showing. And then let's not forget that in addition to this, there's also an indie-focused Day of the Dev stream that's happening mm -hmm. immediately afterwards that will include a world premiere look at Monument Valley developer Us Two Games' newest IP among various other big indie devs that are going to be showcasing their Exciting. stuff with the Day of the Devs. So there's a lot going on happening um, that day. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some some fun announcements. And if anybody can bring it together, it's 
the man behind the Game Awards. So looking oh, forward I'm, to everything. I love it. Like, good for Jeff. But, you know, he stepped in where there was obviously a void and he got in like before E3 completely went to shit. And now he's just like running this shit. I love it. So here are the, the press conferences or the air quotes E3 <laughs> air quotes here showcases that we have Sony State of Play, Summer Game Fest, which we've talked about, Guerrilla Collective, Wholesome Direct, Feature Game Show, Xbox Bethesda, and PC Gaming Show. So that's all that's confirmed right now. Um, and like we talked about a little earlier, if you're wondering, like, oh, what games do you think you're going to see during the Game Fest? Obviously, I talked about Resident Evil already. But as Andrew has said, next week we have almost like an hour, 45-minute show all about predictions and whatnot. It's a fun one. Yeah. It's, it's, we really take the time to go through a lot, a lot. Mm, I see Sega's on here. Baby girl, are we getting a Yakuza? Oh, oh well, I mean, I would I wouldn't okay. I would be surprised if we were getting a brand new Yakuza game this quickly, but looking at their past publishing record, like they put out Yakuza games almost every two years. So Yeah, every year lately it's been like a Yakuza or a, a, a judgment game or a remaster. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Is one of the Japanese only games localized over here to the west oh god could you imagine <laughs> why don't you so fan excited. yourself off girl fan yourself it's off real, I, you know i am and literally i just checked and the heat is on in my house why i don't know so i just turned it down guess don't put yourself in a position where you're going to sweat you know unnecessarily that sounds uncomfortable um but what's not uncomfortable is our next story but before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by these wonderful sponsors. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Geeked Podcast. The Geeked Podcast is your weekly energy boost of the worlds, fandoms, and stories you love. Hosted by Princess Weeks, author, YouTuber, and connoisseur of all things Sailor Moon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Tessa Netting, actress, musical theater nerd, and lover of all fictional villains, each week they will break down the top stories in the land of geekdom and then take a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. We're talking worlds like Stranger Things, The Umbrella Academy, The Witcher, and many more. You also get to hear some of your favorite actors and creatives talk about fun behind-the-scenes tidbits and, of course, what they are geeking out about. This podcast is a must-listen for anyone who is scouring Twitter threads and fan wikis, dying to theorize, and talk about that new show they are obsessed with. Interviews include actor Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things 4, Emmy Raver-Lampman, who plays Allison Hargreaves in Umbrella Academy, podcast host and cultural critic Rosamu, and many more. Interviews include breakout stars from Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy, as well as cultural critics and professional geeks you know and love. New episodes of the Geeked Podcast come out weekly. Follow the Geeked Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Zavi. This week, we are once again teaming up with the home of pop culture goodies that you can buy from the comfort of your couch. Yes, it's Zavi.com. Whether you are looking to buy music, DVDs, consoles, Blu-rays, including steelbooks and other electronic items, you can be sure that Zavi has a huge selection to choose from. You can check out all of their new collections, including things like the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, or maybe you're more of a Star Wars fan, all amped up about that Jedi Survivor announcement after Star Wars Celebration. They've got exclusive products to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the franchise, along with the upcoming launch, or I should say the already launched Obi-Wan Kenobi series. 
Or you can get your witch and wizard vibes on. I really just love saying that phrase. Uh, with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness collection. Plus, they've got the latest issue of The Lowdown. It's Zavi's Free digital monthly magazine about all things pop culture, and it's available now. The Lowdown is your go-to place for all things film, TV, and gaming, featuring exclusive interviews about the biggest titles and features that take a deeper look at beloved classics. In this month's edition, they go behind the scenes in Doctor Strange's The Multiverse of Madness and the upcoming Star Wars show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Pixar's Lightyear, Horror Dashcam, and much more. If you guys are Zavi Red Carpet members, you'll receive a bumper edition featuring exclusive artwork, bonus articles, and more special offers on the site. So I have this really fun thing that Zavi sent me. It is a Donkey Kong sculpted mug that is made to look like one of the original um, kind of Donkey Kong 8-bit era. It's got like the blue ladders from classic old school arcade Donkey Kong, which I think is really neat. So I wanted to just quickly unbox this for you guys while we were talking about it because I've been saving it. And boy, oh boy, this is a mug. Look at that thing. It's all shiny and it's got this really pretty purple glaze and it says it's on. And then there's there's Donkey Kong because, you know, it's, it's on like, you guys, it's on like Donkey Kong. Do you get it? You get it. Anyway, this is a really fun mug. I, I do think I'm probably just going to use it as decor and not actually drink out of it because I, I would hate to actually ruin the finish, but it's super fun. So thank you to Zavi for sending this bad boy over. They have all kinds of really fun retro gaming gear like this, in addition, to, of course, to all kinds of new geeking gaming collections on their site. So if you guys want to check out what they've got for yourself, go to Zavi.com to see their latest products and releases. Use our code WGG to get 20% off clothing or 10% off other items on the site. That's Z-A-V-V-I dot com and use code WGG to get 20% off clothing or 10% off other fun stuff to fill out your nerdy collections. Exclusions may apply. Brittany, did you see that Sega put out a new gameplay trailer for Sonic Frontiers? Oh, I sure did, Andrew Renee. Of oh. course you did. So could you go over this recap for me and I'll give the folks at home a look at the trailer. Absolutely. So this comes from Polygon. So <clears throat> developer Sonic Team Japan revealed the gameplay for the upcoming 3D Sonic game Sonic Frontiers on Tuesday. The brief but telling 40-second teaser showed off combat mechanics enemies will face in a stunning open world. The trailer shows Sonic running through vast grassy plains as a relaxing piano tune plays in the background. Some of the mechanics look unfamiliar, and at one point the blue hedgehog runs on what appears to be a high-tech hamster wheel to scan the world. Because, of course, another portion of Sonic encircling a robot, creating a trail of light that boosts the enemy into the air. So this game is being developed by Sega Sonic Team Japan, being led by producer Sachiko Kawamura and director Morio Kishimoto. And it is an open zone inspired experience that will allow Sonic to explore freely. And it has an original storyline from Sonic Boom Rider Ian Flynn coming to Switch, PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. And you can pre-order it now. I... I have to say, I was like, I thought Frontiers looked cool. The first thing, the first teaser we saw of it, whenever that was, it feels like ages ago. I'm looking at this and I'm like, fuck, this looks good. This looks like really good. It and there's does. A lot it looks of really Breath good. Of the, there's a lot of Breath of the Wild comparisons out there because I feel like every open world game now is compared to Breath of the Wild because of course it is. But like, damn, this looks pretty. 
It does. So pretty. It definitely feels very different for Sonic. And I think I'm going to need to get some hands-on time in order for me to kind of feel how weighty it is because some of the trouble mm. I've had with Sonic recently and in some of the 3D ga- uh, Sonic games is that his speed is so fast compared to the world around him that it sometimes feels really challenging to control. And I know that that's part of the game. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's part of the game dynamic, but it sometimes is almost uncomfortably jarring to move around in the world so much faster than everything else. That's what she said. But I totally agree with you. I... I, you know, like Sonic for me hasn't really clicked in a hot in a hot minute, and so if this is Sonic kind of reinventing itself, I'm all for it. I know Sonic traditionally, you know, you think of at least I do. I haven't played a lot of the newer Sonics, so whatever, I'm old. But I think of like the old Sega, you know, Genesis games, right, where you would like put it in, you go left to right, you have the amazing music and little like old graphics and shit, and you're like, okay, cool, this is like Sonic. This is what you do. You go really fast, you go over loops, you collect coins. Great. But I feel like that genre of games is just so saturated now that even something as iconic as Sonic, oh, that totally rhymed. Uh, it's not necessarily. <laughs> it's not necessarily. Yeah, girl. It's not necessarily like a, a shoe in or a real winner, you know. Yeah. And if and if Sonic can reinvent himself, it's itself and become this badass open world game, and I think there's a lot of potential there because of those unique mechanics, because of the speed. Because of the little loop-de-loops and whatnot. I think that's fucking awesome. And now I'm very interested. All the other Sonic games that have been released, I've been like, eh, whatever. But now I'm like, ooh. Ooh. This is oh, getting me all like, sorts okay, of... You're like, okay, okay, blue exactly. guy. Maybe uh, it's time to get reacquainted. Yeah. And not a creepy way, though, because you're a hedgehog. Yes. But your friend Knuckles, who is a... I can never say what it is. That's I guess that's technically just as weird. What is what is Knuckles? What animal is he in in Chid in Knuckles animal? Echidna. <clears throat> Echidna? Is that how you say it? Echidna? Echidna. See, I told you I can never pronounce that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Echidna. that is. No, no, no. You're you're right. Echidna, not Echidna. Echidna. You're correct, Andrea. Thank you for being so I mean, let's be clear. They're they're weird humanoid characters that stand on their feet the way they're not supposed to. So <laughs> They got like really devilish little grins, and I'm like, something's not right with these things. Yeah, and and the hand. Anyway, oh god, I just looked at an actual picture of an actual echidna. They're terrifying. I, what the fuck? It's like a needle nose mutant. Anywho, yes, looks like a drowsy from Pokemon. Anyway, uh, yeah, cool. Like this looks really pretty, and like I said, I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, this reminds me because you know what? What the fuck? Let's go off the rails a little bit. Sure. I've been playing a few games, a few open world games lately. And you know what I have found has really helped the experience? Not to discredit those who write music, because I'm not trying to, but to turn the music all the way down and just play with the ambient sounds. And the Mm. most recent example I did this with was Elden Ring. Okay. Because the music in Elden Ring is so like, it's like all dark and like, oh, everything's bad, everything's dying, oh, it's so the end time, sure. And I'm like, okay, listen, this is really putting me in a bad mood. So we turn the music all the way down, just play with the ambient noises, and hot damn, girl. Much cooler experience. Did the same thing with Sniper Elite 5. I don't need to hear some dark piano bullshit while I'm trying to snipe someone's head. You know, I just want to hear the birds chirping, the direction of the wind blowing. You know what I mean? It's all about that sound design. It is. Not Makes that the music you appreciate sound designers a little bit more. 
Yeah. And so when I see Sonic Frontiers, I'm just really excited to hear what the ambient sounds are going to be. I'm like, oh, are the birds going to chip? Are we going to hear wind? Are we going to hear trees rustle? Like, oh, anyhow, that's my little tangent for the day. I like it. I will give it a go on the next Mm. game that I play. All music down. Ambient sounds only. Uh Uh-huh. I'm into it. it. Uh, I think that that's cool. I also agree with you. Pretty much everything you said about Sonic. I'm interested. Um... Used to play a lot of Sonic back in the day. Dabbled in Sonic Mania when it came out and was like, oh, this is like a trip down memory lane. Really thought they did a great job with that. Never really been into the 3D Sonics, but I think, you know, I'll give this a go. I'll give it a try. Hopefully, um, we'll be able to take a look at it before it comes out and uh, we'll be able to give you guys a little bit more info later on. So if you guys do want to see the first look, I believe IGN has an exclusive on it. So you can go check out more details over on their site for now. In case you missed it, everybody, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords is coming to Nintendo Switch on June 8th. So, of course, this role-playing game was originally released back in 2004, which is a long time ago, everybody. Uh, Obviously, we later found its way to PC, and now you can play it again on your Switch for just $15. I never got into um, Knights of the Old Republic, um, any of them, and I think that it's really awesome that there's still people like actively playing these games. And, yeah. um, you know, I think we're seeing more and more of these Switch ports of these older games because it feels like the Switch can run a lot of these older ports. <laughs> and I think it's good for the Switch's library to have stuff from third parties like this to help it feel like there's a little bit more of a robust um, library happening on Switch outside of Nintendo's first party games. Dude, the other day I went into the eShop just to browse. Oh, girl. If you thought the Wheezy shop was a hot mess back in the day with what we call it, shovelware. <laughs> shovelware, oh, yes. Oh, man, oh, man. Just go go take five minutes of your time. It's five minutes you'll never get back. But um, <laughs> You want to throw away five minutes of your life. <laughs> to, to just see what has become of the Nintendo Switch eShop. It's like puzzle games or games for like three-year-olds or it's or, or horny anime games where it's like choose your own adventure. Uh, it's just... It's all over the place over there, man. I don't know what happened. I feel like it was just yesterday. We were talking about the Switch's eShop and how shitty the um, filter system was. But that was in like 2017 when we were actually talking about that. And I remember at the time, I was like, it's fine. Like, what more do you need? Oh, man. It needs a lot. It needs a lot of help. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think I need to belabor the point that Nintendo's, you know, online interface could use a little work. We've talked about that several times and maybe someday they'll actually, you know, get it up to speed. But again, this comes back to the thing we always say. They don't really have any motivation to make it better when they keep raking in the sales, not stopping anybody from buying Nintendo stuff. No. And, like, this would maybe be a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it's not exactly not broke. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty broke. So maybe fix it. Just maybe think about fixing it. You could, you you know, Nintendo, just put a little bit more investment into uh, what's happening in your online infrastructure. Thank you, signed, all of your fans who like to play online with everybody else. (laughs) Uh-huh. Signed Animal Crossing. Oh, yes. Oh, don't even yeah. get me started on Animal Crossing. I can't. You can't do it. <laughs> no. 
Um, I was trying to look for a couple more in case you missed it for this week because obviously Star Wars Celebration happened and some other things have been going on, but there really isn't like a whole lot of extra stuff happening. We've already talked about the state of play, which is happening, um, which will have happened by the time the podcast comes out. So we will include any um, big news from that show, not next week's show but the week afters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like forever from now, doesn't it? Just a lifetime yeah. away. A lifetime away, man. I can barely think about tomorrow, let alone two weeks from now. But yeah, I think everyone's holding everything. Yeah, obviously, we have two pretty big things happening this week. So It's true. Know, it's like it's true. A, um, there yeah. is one little leak that I just wanted to mention. Oh, um, okay. Cyberpunk 2077 expansion leak apparently points to inaccessible areas of the game being opened so this was this story kind of went under the radar um it was from over the weekend which you know whenever Mm -hmm. something kind of leaks or breaks over the weekend it kind of gets overlooked um so it looks like it's about to get a whole lot bigger the world of night city after the game's 2023 expansion. So we already knew that CD Projekt Red was working on additional content for the game. Of course they were. <laughs> this is a brand new game world that they've just created. Um, and according to Video Game Chronicles, uh, who seems to have a lot of good info on leaks these days, um, mm-hmm. details of the still untitled expansion have been leaked and point to areas of the main game being opened up for the first time. So it looks like oh. things that were potentially locked away or behind invisible walls are just going to suddenly be magically open, which seems to be not an uncommon thing with expansions. So I don't know how interested people are about what's happening with Cyberpunk. It kind of feels like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S versions of the game that came out not that long ago were like very briefly like high-fived as like, oh, good job, and then it like quickly went away. So I don't know if a full expansion of this game is really going to bring people back to Night City and Cyberpunk in the way that I think CDPR hopes it's going to, especially with all of the major games that are coming out in the end of 2022 and into 2023. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I just Googled Cyberpunk again, Googled the world's leader on breaking news. Uh, and I'm looking and it looks like after the free update I just launched that you mentioned, there was a 6x increase in, sale, in sales on PlayStation and an 8x increase on sales on Xbox. Well, hot damn. Well, hot damn. And then this is a Forbes article. Forbes continues to say, however, without actual numbers, we do not know whether that's 10,000 sales turning into 60,000 sales or 100,000 sales turning into 600,000 sales. Mm -hmm. The last we heard from CDPR is that Cyberpunk had sold 18 million copies, but that was a year and a half after launch. So who knows? But either way, like it sounds like those numbers went up, 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 up. And so, again, I'm going to post to you the question I always post to you, Andrea. When are you going to play this game? Oh, <sighs> Brittany. I know. I know. I know you have all the time in the world. I know you just sit at home clipping Doing your nothing, toenails, you know? twiddling your thumbs, plucking hairs out of your face. I don't know. And now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You gosh. have all this free time. You know? I have so much free time because clearly I don't have any hairs to pluck from my face. So it only takes a second. To pluck one, maybe. No, there's, it's fine. Um, 
<laughs> I do want to play this. And I said I was going to play it when the PS5 version came out. It's out now. Um, and I absolutely want to go back to it and check it out. And I think, you know, waiting until the expansion is something I could do, but like kind of feels like then I'll be overwhelmed with too much content. So um, yeah. this is not a bad time for me to pick this game up, actually, now that you mention it, because we're kind of in a little bit of a break between major releases and let's be clear, I don't see me finishing Elden Ring anytime soon, <laughs> if ever. So maybe now is the time that I go back mm -hmm. to Cyberpunk and I actually hopefully play it bug-free. Well, mostly bug-free. There you go. I mean, you'll be playing it for the next 10 years of your life. Yeah. But that's, honestly, I think that's that would be a good game for you, I think. Maybe try to get lost in an open world game for even if it's just an hour a night. That's all you can muster when you're done plucking all the 50 hairs out of your face. You know what I mean? And then you just like can lose yourself in an open world RPG game. Sometimes that's kind of a therapeutic thing you need unless it makes you angry. And then you got to say, fuck it. That's kind of why Elden Ring is probably not the best right now. Only one way to find out, Brittany. <sighs> I'm so excited for you to bang someone. Gotta yeah. Let me know yeah. Some digital banging. Let's go. Yeah. All right, well, I think it's probably time we move on to what we've been playing. So we're going to take a very short break, even though it's a little awkwardly late in the show. Uh, we will be right back. back everybody it is the second segment of the what's good games podcast where we talk about what we've been playing and this week we've actually been playing some games it's very exciting but before we get to that i want to let you know that this segment is brought to you by me undies you know those days when your coffee shop is out of cold brew and your air conditioner breaks and you try to go to the beach but there's zero parking spots yeah everybody life can be hard if only life was only that hard right Good thing, though, MeUndies is here to help you take a break from all of your hardships of the world and give yourself a soft summer. When you're cocooned in the softest, most breathable undies, loungewear, and swimmer known to humanity, all of your other problems will seemingly melt away. We love MeUndies here at What's Good Games. We talk about them a lot. We wear them a lot. I was just wearing some of their shorts just last night. Super comfortable. It's that really cute Mickey Mouse print. Did I get me and my husband matching shorts? Maybe. What's it to <laughs> you? Do we also have matching underwear? Of course we do. They have such amazing loungewear and they have lots of new fun prints. In fact, they just released their new prints for Pride. So if you guys haven't checked out their new prints helping the LGBTQI plus community, I absolutely recommend checking them out. So please do so. And Besides, don't you want to look good when you're all sweaty this summer? Your butt doesn't have to be sweaty, though, because with MeUndies, light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They've got super fun seasonal prints like I was just mentioning, plus lots of styles to choose from in sizes extra small to 4XL so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. Now, if you do dare to brave the heat and venture to the pool or the beach, check out their new improved swimwear styles. They're soft, stretchy, and sustainably made. Make it a soft summer with MeUndies. MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you are going to get 15% off. If you sign up for their free-to-join membership, you can also apply that 15% off to the already discounted membership prices. 
To get your 15% off your first order and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash WGG. That's MeUndies.com slash WGG so they know what's good game sent you. <laughs> you were doing a little dance there. What was going on with that? I don't know. I'm just doing a little jig, Andrea. I'm hopped up on 5-H and a little bit of whiskey, and I'm just feeling good, you know? It's feeling good. The, the air what? conditioning kicked in. That's what I'm I no like to hear. Ready. That's what I yeah. like to hear. I like that you're feeling good. Um, so it looks like you've been playing some more Sniper Elite 5. Do you have anything new to report on your time shooting people in their eye sockets? I do, actually. Oh, exciting. I finished – the video game. The, oh. I finished a video in the video game and I okay. haven't finished a game and I don't know how long. But the most breaking news that I have is after the nine missions, there's a 10th that you can acquire via DLC. It is called Wolf Mountain. And in Wolf Mountain, Andrea, your goal is to snipe one Adolf Hitler. And uh, let me tell you, I started that mission with the goal of shooting Hitler in the balls and killing him. And guess what? I succeeded. So that's my breaking news. I shot Hitler in the testicles. He died. The world Keep is a much better place. a round place. of applause for shooting Hitler in the balls. I did. Uh, but the DLC itself actually was really pretty. Like, that game is just... Like, the character models, sure, they look like this. There's something from last generation. The animations are kind of... They look a little rigor mortisy. But the surrounding area is just so stunning. And it was really pretty. And it's it's such a fun game to play with someone else. Uh, I'm sure it's just as fun playing it by yourself. But when you're playing with someone and you can, you know, do a countdown or you can, I don't know, one person infiltrates this area in that area, it just works really well. So congratulations to Sniper Elite 5. You made a very great game. The fact that I, someone who loves a face tank and use nothing but shotguns, was able to enjoy it and have a great time with it, I think speaks volumes. Somebody so. who used nothing but shotguns in a game called Sniper Elite. Impressive. <laughs> I, well, there's no shotguns in Sniper Elite that I found. But typically, I should say, someone who only oh, shotguns. Oh, yeah, I misunderstood yeah, yeah. what you just said. It's all good. You know, it's all I good. I just assumed that they had a variety of weapons in addition to your sniper. Your loadout is usually something automatic and a pistol. And you can pick up other, like a Pounder Faust, I think is what it's called, or anti-tank rockets um, as you play. But you can never actually, like, equip equip them. You can only use them temporarily. So you'll hold on mm. to it until you try to equip something from your loadout, and then you'll drop it. Um, which is actually a really smart decision, because if they had put other stuff in there, that's probably all I would have used. You can pick up, obviously, new automatic weapons or new pistols along the way. Um, but, yeah, you never get, like, a shotgun or anything like that. I Interesting. Found anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm was very impressed that you decided to finish this game. Never would have called you even trying this game in the first place. So um, good on you for taking the time to check out something new and to enjoy it. And um, hopefully somebody out there is going, you know what? Maybe I'm going to take the time to try something new because Brittany had such a fun time in Sniper Elite 5. There you go. Yeah. But you, Andrea, have been playing something new. Yeah, so I've just started dabbling into this new game. So th this is technically, to be clear, is not a new game. It's new for me. So mm -hmm. I first started playing this game. So the game, by the way, is Grindstone. And if y'all remember when Jana Garcia was on the show, yes. she had talked about playing this game and she said that she thought I would really enjoy playing this game. And so I was like, huh, 
why don't I um, download it? And so just right that, um, right that day, I downloaded it on my phone for iOS. It was originally released, by the way, in 2019, way back in 2019. And it's since had additional releases on like Epic Game Store and Switch and other platforms. But it definitely feels like a game for your phone. So mm. it is really interesting. So just to kind of like recap, if you guys haven't played Grindstone... It's a puzzle adventure game by Capybara Games. It revolves around a player completing levels by clearing enemies using attack. So that's a very generic way of, of saying it. So the game screen, let me see if I can pull up a trailer here. Um, looks at first glance, looks like a match three game, but it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do have to do some color matching and it's like path drawing, but it's not a match three game. Um, it's got a really unique cartoon art style um it was originally released for ios through apple arcade um and has since like i mentioned come to um to switch and epic game store um let me see grindstone trailer so let me pull i'll just pull up the switch launch trailer so you can take a look at it on Perfect. what's good games uh youtube if you guys are watching there so you can just see a little bit uh of gameplay so essentially you play this character and you have to make it through each level by kind of drawing yourself a path through these little monsters of different colors and you have to connect the different colors together and after you unlock a certain amount of colors in a row, you a, a grindstone drops onto the game board and then the goal is to like go pick up the stone and then you can chain, oh so they're called creeps. Then you can chain the creeps together of different colors and essentially make yourself a bigger path. And then obviously as the levels go up, the difficulty in chaining the creeps together becomes harder. And of course there is a battle component. So in the gameplay, you'll see some of the creeps are kind of like shaking and have little flames and they look mad. And that means that if you kind of make your path next to them, they will attack you. And then as you go along, you will be able to unlock crafting and you'll pick up items in the game levels. And then you can go back to this inn where you can craft weapons or you can craft a shield to kind of help protect yourself and special potions and things like that. And so it's got this really RPG element to it. But what I think is really fun about the game so far is that it the gameplay at, at face level seems very simple but it also has a component that allows you to kind of scale the difficulty because once you mm. kill enough creeps, the door to the next level unlocks and you can choose to immediately try to exit the level or you can try to grind the level to get more stones or to get more materials. But the longer you stay in the level after it's unlocked, the more difficult it becomes and the angrier the creeps get and it gets harder to make it out without Get, having creeps attack you and so I just for funsies um did an experiment where I went around a level as long as I could and it became like just a nightmare for me to try to get out because all of the creeps were on fire in the level essentially like I couldn't stop anywhere without getting attacked and it's not like you can take a lot of hits before you die so I think I took like two or three hits and I was I was dead and what the thing happens is, when you die you lose everything that you gained that level 
So um. it's not roguelike in that sense. Like you don't lose all of your progress, but anything you picked up in that specific level, you lose mm. if you die. So the idea is, do you take the gamble of sticking around the level to try to pick up some more materials with the risk of it becoming really difficult to get out? Or do you just beeline for the exit with what you've got? Which I kind of like that they give the player that choice of kind of deciding how they want to play their game. And I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm glad that Janet recommended it to me. It seems like a, a game that I can just pick up and do a couple of quick matches with or a couple of quick levels. But it also feels like a game that I could sit on my couch and play for like two or three hours at a time. And I do really wish I would have started or found this game like back when I was still... Um, pumping and breastfeeding because mm, it could yeah. have helped offset all of the hours I spent in Lego Star Wars battles. Um, <laughs> even though I did really enjoy my time with that game and yeah. I really had a good time. Um, <laughs> this game so far has been has been really fun and I love that, you know, it's part of Apple Arcade. So didn't have to pay anything for it. It's just part of my subscription. And because of that, there's no microtransactions. There's no like um, timers or anything like that. So I'm really interested to see kind of how the game is going to unfold and how the progression unlocks as I go along and get a little bit further on into the game. As someone who doesn't play a lot of those puzzly games, I'm watching the gameplay and it looks complicated and super fast paced. Is it, or is it, is it one of those games that's simple to play, difficult to master, et cetera, et cetera? I don't think it's difficult to play because let me see if I can find another walkthrough. So Hmm, I can definitely show you. Oh, here's one. Well, this is the Switch announcement trailer that we just watched. Let me see. Let me go to Cappy Games' channel and see if I can find um, something to show you. So it looks like here's an update. that, And they've done a bunch of updates, by the way, free updates in Grindstone. So let me pull this one up for you so you can take a look at it. Um, it This is its accolades trailer. Basically, what they an accolades trailer is when they talk about all of the different um, uh, reviews and things that they've gotten. So I'm trying to figure out if I can see. Well, maybe this is not the right trailer to show you because they're it's, not showing. It's like showing a, more of the RPG stuff, which looked kind of fun. Yeah, let me go back to their channel and take a look here and see if I can get some gameplay for you to kind I of take a look at. Match three game I played was in the old studio. I can't remember who it was with. Jackie was there, I think. Um, is it the game that we got the Easy Bakes? These yes. That was like oh, part God. match three and part JRPG. Yeah. Oh, that was a good time. That was forever ago, though. So I'm rusty. Okay. So what are we looking at here? So this is a, um, a video from the Cappy YouTube channel where they're just showing some of the gameplay. So let me see if I can pause this here. Oops. Uh, let me go back here. Um, okay. Yeah. Because what I want to know is what is that little moving walkway looking thing? Yeah. So... Your character, which you can't, because he's moving through a character you can't see. Essentially, you start, so you see the door at the top here? Mm-hmm. This is where you want to get out of the level. And you start um, in a random place in the level, and then essentially you have to draw a path with, like, your finger or your cursor oh. through creeps of the same color to connect them. You can go... Um, kitty corner you can go up down backwards sideways there's basically like no restrictions you just can't cross over the same creep twice 
it's kind of like boggle rules in that in that sense. So <laughs> essentially, you draw yourself a path through the creeps of all the same color to connect them all together, and then the more of the same color creeps that you can connect together, the the bigger rewards that drop afterwards. Uh-huh. And that's how you get the grindstones to drop. And then once you pick up a grindstone, you can add in creeps of different colors. You, you don't have to change all of them to be the same color. But the more creeps you connect, the you know the more gem rewards that you get. And as you go along, you'll see um, different rewards drop as well. So there'll be like crafting materials that you get that you want to try to pick up. There'll be like little treasure chests that one of the creeps is holding. So I'll pause it here again. So you see, this is your main character here at the bottom of the screen. Mm. And so for people who are listening on podcasts and you're kind of having a hard time understanding, just think of any basic, you know, match three grid game. Think of like your candy crush screen where you see all of these different um, pieces of candy of different colors. But instead of being pieces of candy, there are these cute little creepy monster people And you essentially have to kind of connect them together, not in a match three, but like essentially just connect all the colors together, right? There's Mm got to be like a name for this that I'm just like forgetting. But essentially what you want to do is just like draw a path through the creeps to try to get as many in a single run as possible. And then he'll like make his way through. But the little ones that are on fire that you see, those are the angry ones that if you get close to them, they'll attack you unless you can take them out in that turn, Oh, okay. And so let's say you've connected a line of blue creeps. Then what happens? You Do you start where he stopped or do they put you again somewhere random like on the map? So you start where the path you drew ended okay. and then you have to take out X amount of creeps per level in order to get the door to the level to open. So the idea is essentially is to clear as many creeps from the board as possible. And then as you clear a line, a new wave of creeps drops from the top, much like new gems or new candy would drop, you know, from Candy Crush when you clear out um, specific, you know, lines of candy or whatever. Does that make sense? It does. No, it makes a lot of sense. I was just completely entranced by that guy's nipples. They're just so (laughs) bright and pink and I can't stop staring at them. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's an interesting character. I mean, the the whole thing has got a really kind of fun fun vibe. The art style is, is really interesting. Um, it was nominated for best mobile game at the Game Awards the year that it came out. So, um, oh, good for them. And it's being published by, or was published, I should say, by I Am Eight Bit and and Capybara. So it's it's a it's a really interesting game, and I'm having fun with it so far. And you know, shout out to Janet for giving me this recommendation and letting me uh, check it out. Yeah. Hey, look at us, girl. I finished the game. You're now playing something. Like, listen, we're back to where we were pre-baby. Look at us go. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but you know, I like where your head's at. I like your enthusiasm and your positivity, Brittany. Thanks. It's a little obnoxious, but that's cool. Oh boy, (laughs) man. But I'm looking forward to playing more. And um, I guess now I've got to add cyberpunk to the list. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear every week how your journey is going. I guess the first time we'll hear about it, you have like two weeks. Yes. At this point to play. And get some get some progress under your belt. 
Yeah, me being the primary caregiver of my baby while my husband is recovering from surgery surgery will definitely give me lots of time to play cyberpunk. Listen, she's old (laughs) enough where you can just let her play outside on her own. You know, it's fine. She's one now. She's on her own. She's on her own. Kick her out. Tell that girl to get a job. Make some money. Why isn't she hosting EA's press conference? You were doing that. Her baby influencer career just needs to take off. Like, start getting those checks. (laughs) Come on, baby Drake. Pull your weight in this family. No kidding. I'm about to kick Jace's ass to the curb, too. Be like, sir, contribute to this household. Ridiculous. Well, everybody, thank you for hanging with us for this episode. We hope that you had a great time. As Brittany and I have mentioned throughout the show, we are excited about Summer Game Fest happening next week. We have our Magic 8-Ball predictions. And keep your eyes peeled on our socials for our watch-along streams that we are hoping to get together by next weekend. Until then, have a great time and we will see you then. Bye, everybody.